welcome to the NS North Podcast. My name is Dan Byers, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Philip Casgrain. How are you, Phil? I'm great, and you, Dan? I'm great. In this podcast, we have NS North speaker, Joe Chaplinski, and he joins us now. How are you, Joe? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. Wonderful. Um, so be- before we get into things, um, I just want to make a quick note that this is our third podcast in a series that we hope will quickly introduce our attendees to the great speakers who will be presenting at NS North t- 2013. Um, NS North is Ottawa's first independent iOS and Mac Developers and Designers Conference. It will take place at the Ottawa Convention Centre on April 19th to the 21st. So, as mentioned, we are joined tonight by Joe Chemplinski. Now, Joe, can you maybe introduce yourself and uh, tell us what you do? Sure. Uh, I'm Joe, and uh, I'm the creative director, I guess is the official title, uh, at uh, Bombing Brain Interactive. And it's just really, um, that makes it sound way more cool than it is it's really just three guys uh, who went to high school together uh and we started a company they started a company and then they basically brought me along uh, to do some design work started off as just doing some icons and things and next thing you know uh, i was helping them out with a lot more of the ui kinds of things and uh our main app that you may have heard of is uh, called teleprompt plus which has been around for quite a while now uh it's a teleprompter for the ipad uh we have a mac version as well as an, uh, an iphone version and um yeah, I mean that's uh, we've got a couple other apps going as well. Cool, and and I guess uh, you recently did a big move. Um, yeah. Yourself. Yeah, I I spent uh, I grew up in Philadelphia, like I said, where the other two guys are. Uh, we went to school together and everything, but then uh, about I guess twelve and a half years ago, I had moved to San Francisco, the Bay Area, and I spent quite a while there, uh, enjoying the you know lack of snow and freezing cold and everything else in the hot summers that went along in Philadelphia. Uh, but then uh, recently, yeah, I had an opportunity to move back to the East Coast, and I'm actually in New York City now. Back to the Big Apple. Yeah, and just got here like a few weeks ago. So, you know, still literally like, you know, in need of a couch and things, you know, for the apartment <laughs> and such. Maybe you should That's meet up with move. maybe you should meet up with Jason who just moved to New York City like 3 weeks ago. So. Yeah, actually yeah, Dan actually introduced me. So, yeah, we're going to hopefully uh, you know, we'll be chatting a little bit as well, yeah. It's a small yeah. world even for an NS North speakers. There you go. <laughs> so, with your uh so I did, I'm not I'm not sure if you mentioned it all there, but the how long you guys have been in operation um, with bombing bombing brain? Uh, yeah, we were around since uh, pretty much right after the SDK came out. They uh, started working on apps, uh, and our Teleprompt Plus came out the day the iPad was announced. So or not announced, but the day it was released. So we basically have been around since the beginnings of the App Store as it as we know it. Awesome. So in in your. Um... <clears throat> You, you specialize mostly on iOS, I suppose, because you see you have, you have a Mac version as well, but you came out specifically for iOS, right? Yeah, their background uh, from programming, I mean, we were always kind of Mac guys, um, you know, uh, Gene in particular, you know, and, and I who went to high school, like we had like a Mac SE back in 1986, he had a 2SI. Uh, so, I mean, we've been working on Macs forever, but they when they got out of school, obviously, in the late 90s uh, all the work was you know basically you know doing .NET type stuff and yeah, back end programming those were the for, dark days <laughs> yeah yeah when you, when you had to have a job you know uh, and so well and Tim I guess our, our main programmer is, is a little he was always more platform agnostic a Unix kind of guy so when OS 10 came around he was thrilled uh, but yeah I mean so we didn't really consider I guess none of us had thought you know we could make a living 
uh, making anything Apple related until the iOS store kind of came around. So I'd say, yeah, we're probably more iPad in particular oriented than anything else. Hmm. Right. Especially for a teleprompter, it's probably a lot easier if you have uh, something like an iPad rather than an iPhone. Yeah, I mean, it works pretty well on the iPhone, but yeah, the iPad is this, it was one of those things like when the iPad was released, we, we really tried to think, you know, what what is this device going to be better at than a laptop? What is this, you know, Steve Jobs had said that, you know, what what is this device, you know, good at that no other kind of computing device is good for? Uh, and so we try to find apps, you know, ideas that kind of go around that, like build up an app that really speaks to the particular device that you're on. And we, we feel like, yeah, I mean, of all the versions of Teleprompt Plus out there, uh, it works best on the iPad. And it's been most successful on the iPad as a result, I think. And from a design perspective, do you, do you prefer designing for iPad or for a Mac? That's a good question. I mean, I, I love the challenge of the Mac. It was really interesting when we decided to do a Mac version. Um, you know, uh, I kind of did made that classic mistake that most designers make. I just basically took the iPad app and, and tried to, like, put it into a Mac window and it, thought it would work. And uh, so we had to iterate quite a bit to realize that, yeah, it really is a completely different was, interface and was it just you know, like a touch versus was it just like a photoshop mock-up that you moved to mac or was it did you actually use technologies like chameleon to do that kind of porting uh no we we, we did it all native uh, we didn't right. use chameleon and we had actually investigated that a little bit um but no everything we you know uh tim just went into the you know went into i guess it's app kit versus uh ui kit uh, and learned all this stuff from scratch. He's he's one of those guys that can just kind of you know spend a week and <laughs> learn anything. Nice. <laughs> right so luckily, but yeah, but but the thing is, I, I've been using Mac apps my whole life, and I still didn't know how to make one. It was pretty wild, uh, you know, just just thinking about the the controls and where things would change and how things that needed to be laid out differently. Uh, it was really a challenge, but it was it was so rewarding. So yeah, I'd love to do more Mac stuff ultimately, um, but for now, you know, uh, you know. We just have the one Mac app out there. Do, do you find that the uh, the iPad or iOS environment was more uh, is easier to develop for because you've got more constraints, or uh, is it the, the opposite is true? You've, it's more freeing on the Mac because you can do so much more. That's a good question. I mean, uh, it's I I do like having the constraints. Uh, I do like that so the do iPads. I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do like, but but I mean, it doesn't mean it's it's interesting. Like I, I think that you can bring some of what you learn about that to to the Mac, and you know the whole concept of this back to the Mac thing uh, has a lot of merit. It's not about you know building iPad apps and then just porting them over. It's it's more about just saying, well, you know, do we need to see all this UI at once? You know, can we can we make everything contextual so that like I only I only see the controls that are necessary for the thing I happen to be working on right at this moment? And I think that's something that you can apply to the Mac as well. So aside from your uh, your iPad and Mac apps, um, you've uh, you've been in in the Mac area um, or Apple area or Apple side of things for quite a quite a few years. Um, aside from the creative or or, or developer side of things, um, could you speak to that at all? Or you mean as a like what, what what's your um aside from development or design like what what are your what are your other involvements in the community oh uh yeah <laughs> i mean i i worked for apple in the early days of uh apple retail actually uh at the palo alto store which uh, was was quite an honor actually <laughs> um but it was it was a part-time gig 
they were looking for people who didn't know anything about retail and uh, but did know about the Mac in particular different areas. Uh, and so they really like uh, one thing I've done for years is record music. So I like working in Logic and um, you know recording my music on the computer. And so and, I, and of course I had some Photoshop skills and things like that as well. So they brought me in there. Uh, and I was actually presenting in the theaters. This is back when the stores, most of the stores had theaters. Now, now them they're sort of le- uh, leaning towards more towards the one on one one on one kind of training. Uh, but at the time, you know, every every store had a giant screen and, you know, people would come into the store and, you know, there'd be little classes going on. Yes. Even so some, some Cocoa Heads group can even meet there. That's what I hear. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And, you know, we used to I used to do presentations on, you know, like on Sunday mornings, there'd be like getting started on the Mac for people who are Windows users who had just bought a Mac for the first time. And, <laughs> uh, it was really cool. And I get to teach them about OS 10 and things like that. And it was really wild because, you know, um, you know, sometimes I'd be teaching a class and because it was Palo Alto, I mean, Steve Jobs would literally walk in and watch me present. Wow. And, yeah, that, it was pretty nerve wracking, no actually. I just. No, none whatsoever. Well, the best part is, as I always joke, is that he would he would walk in, he'd watch me for fifteen minutes, and just as I was wrapping up, he'd walk out. I mean, oh. he, he never said a word. He never made a comment. He never let me ask him what I thought. <laughs> he just, you know, he just wanted to, you know, make my life miserable for twenty minutes and then leave. Um, but yeah, but so yeah, so I worked a little bit with Apple, and you know, obviously uh, learned a lot from that whole experience for a couple of years. And that was always fun. And like I said, I've always just tried to be involved in, in the community way I, whenever I can. I'm, I'm really happy now, though, to be on the developer side of things and, and really getting involved in the community in a way that I never have before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful community to be in, like the, the whole iOS, Mac developers community, um, designers, developers. It, it's, it's really tight-knit, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a great, great way to, to meet new people and to, to work together and collaborate. Yes, absolutely. And I really felt like when the, when the App Store came about, and this is the interesting thing with you know, my two friends at Bombing Brain, like we all kind of had the same idea at once. It was, when is this opportunity going to happen again? It happened in the 80s before, when we were too young to take advantage of it. Uh, and here it is again, where it's like, well, you know, you don't have to go work for Adobe. You can actually become the next Adobe. You know, you can become the next <laughs> yeah. Microsoft. You know, here we are, we are at the, you know, this weird moments in time where you're actually able to compete with you know it's up for grabs anybody can go in there and make a go out of this ios thing and it's a clean slate almost you know yeah, so yeah. to speak and not only that <laughs> yeah, but exactly you, and here, but you have huge frameworks you can build on that do a lot of the, the lv listing, lifting for you so yeah yeah and, yeah true you can get an app up you know functioning pretty fast and then it's just a matter of you know 10 10 years of polish <laughs> So that that actually leads to an interesting transition there, the the whole ability to succeed, I guess. Um, you know, uh, small indie indie developers who who now you know they can stand on the shoulders of giants before them to to really make a make a mark for themselves and their business. And I guess that kind of leads into what you were thinking of discussing for your talk at NS North. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm a kind of a obsessed with this whole idea of. Uh, kind of, you know, how how is it that that you can make it, you know, make it work, <laughs> you know, as an independent developer? Um, how I, I watch the App Store every day and I see, you know, we've been there for a few years now, and now some of the big money's kind of coming in. You can see the bigger companies kind of coming in and taking a larger and larger share. And I'm really concerned that smaller independent developers are kind of getting shut out. And so I'm I'm trying, I'm really trying to constantly examine, you know, what is it that 
uh, can lead to a, a success for someone who's in a small group like us. I mean, we don't even want to become a company that has like 300 employees. You know, we'd be happy with just the three of us being able to make a living forever. Um, and so I, I look back to the companies that came before us that did, you know, the great indie, independent developers, the ones like, uh, you know, Panic and Icon Factory and, uh, you know, and Omni Group and these groups that it's sort of succeeded on the Mac in a way uh, for for several years, gained a reputation and built their thing over time. And they weren't impatient about it and they weren't trying to make a million dollars with one hit app and then retiring in the Bahamas somewhere. They they really wanted to make a living making people's lives better. And so, yeah, I mean, my, this is what I'm hoping to talk about at the show here is is basically, you know, what I call the long game, you know, playing out um, this this scenario over time and being patient about it and you know, trying to make apps that that really improve people's lives, and then and apps that you can improve over time, so you don't have to keep abandoning an app because it's not successful. You know, you can you can build it and let it let it grow, and hopefully you have enough revenue because Apple doesn't do upgrade revenues. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and that's that's a big key component. Yeah, we talk. Uh, I'm going to be talking a lot about uh, revenue as people. I'm starting to gain a reputation for being the guy who's, who's too much of a stickler about this. But yeah, I mean, I'm really big. I'm really big on pricing your apps fairly, uh, you know, and, and charging a decent amount for for your hard work. Uh, I think that a lot of us as developers are amazing programmers. We have a lot of great designers in the app store. We don't have a lot of salesmen out there, you know, people that are really willing to. That's a really uh, good point. Yeah, you know, to make an argument for customers, you know, like I made a great product and it's going to make your life better. And here you go. Uh, you know, in a lot of cases, we just kind of hope that Apple will do the selling for us by, yeah. you know, featuring us or whatever. But you know, as as we learn the hard way, that doesn't always happen. Uh, and so you're kind of left to your own devices a lot and. Uh, you know, but like I said, the main thing is just to be patient, stand your grounds and and become, you know, gain a reputation for being, uh, you know, for, for making quality products. And, and the, that reputation will build over time. You know, the best thing you have going for you is word of mouth. And, you know, simple example with our app, our teleprompter app. I mean, here we are. You know, when was the iPad released five years ago? Um uh, less than that, I think. Was three, yeah, a little yeah. less than that, three, three or four three. years ago. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. But, yeah, but the app's making more money now than it was then, and yes. that's not the normal. That's not the normal growth curve for most apps. Most apps sort of kind of they yeah. get released, they peak, they super hit the wall, and they're making tons of money, and then they drop off into obscurity. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, I mean, my goal is to have just a few key products that are out there and that are steadily growing. Hmm. So you would say that people that come to the NS North conference, they, they, they might be good developers, they might be good designers, but it's highly unlikely that they're good salespersons, and that's something <laughs> you're, you're going to help them with. I, you know, I don't want to make any judgment calls, but sure, yeah. I'm judging from a sample of people that I know, and I, I know a right. lot of them are, are awesome developers, great designers. In terms of salespersons, probably not so much. So. Yeah, and I cut myself anything, into that. Yeah, well, and I did too. And I mean, believe me, in every company I ever worked for, I always hated the salespeople because they thought, you know, they don't understand what we do over here. We're making the product, <laughs> and they're just out there. And, and then you, you know, you you go independent, and you realize, oh, I have to sell this thing now. I have to become that. And you start to realize where they came from, uh, and you know how hard a job it is, and and how difficult it is to walk into a room and kind of just confidently make a case for for what you're you're selling. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's an extremely important skill. That's, that's kind of, you know, 
lacking somewhat in the, in the independent community. And I think that if we can all help each other talk about it, I think that, yeah, we can definitely uh, help improve that. And anyone coming to the conference, hopefully, will get a good discussion going about that. All right, so that should wrap this episode for the NS North podcast. Um, thank you very much for joining us tonight and giving us a taste of what's to come in April, Joe. Thank you. We uh, we hope that our listeners enjoy this episode, and uh, if you haven't purchased your conference pass yet, now what what in the world are you waiting for? Keep keep in mind that attendance is limited, so don't delay and miss out. Um, if you'd like to know more about the conference, you can visit our website at nsnorth.ca for all the details. And actually, Joe, um, would you like to give your blog um, a push there? Absolutely. It's uh, Just find me at joechaplinski.com, and if you can spell that, then, well, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe just go to bombingbrain.com, and you'll find me that way. Cool. And then who are you on Twitter? On Twitter, I'm Jay Chaplinski, and on app.net, I'm just Joe C, J-O-E-C. That's much easier. All right. Um, very good. Uh, we, we do hope to see you all in April um, in Ottawa. And uh, thanks, Philippe, for, uh, for this awesome podcast. Thanks, Dan, for hosting. Thanks, Joe. All right, great. Thanks, guys. Bye, everyone.